This Rock International, Apostle Nathaniel Leon. I'm excited to welcome you to our Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast. We're praying that this word is going to bless you. As you can see, I've got a good friend and brother in the kingdom, uh, Pastor uh, Wilmer Grove. He's here. He's going to be ministering the word of the Lord with us. Uh, I'm going to give you just a minute before I have him greet you to go on to your device as I'm about to do and hit that share button, hit that uh, hit that uh, uh, that like button, but share the podcast. If you can do that, I believe it's going to help us to increase the influence of what we're doing for the kingdom of God. So I'm doing the same. I'm sharing that on my device. I want the word of the Lord to go forward and people to be ministered to in a great, great way. So wherever you are, I'm going to welcome you. I'm thankful that you're with us. Uh, and again, I'm going to, in just a minute, introduce our, our good friend and uh, covenant brother, Pastor Vilmer Grove. He's he's the senior overseer or the senior pastor of Living Word Pretoria East. Uh, he is a good friend of ours, and we've uh, ministered together for the last couple of years. Uh, so please help me welcome my good friend, uh, Pastor Vilmer. So glad you're here. So good to see you. Go ahead and greet the people. Blessings to everyone. It's wonderful. It's uh, great to be here again in the United States. And uh, I greet you all in the wonderful name of Jesus. And uh, it's just lovely. I'm so expectant. And uh, we're going to have a, a RTA this weekend. Amen. And we know the Lord is going to move mightily. And uh, I'm just so expectant. When, when, when I started to come in on the flight, I just experienced how the Lord's just starting to share things. Amen. And God has got a purpose. God has got a plan. So thank you for receiving us. Amen. And uh, we, we honor the work that you do here, so praise God for that. Amen. Well, it, it's a it's a blessing to have you, Pastor, with us. Uh, I'm going to uh, let them uh, begin to come in. I see uh, Brother Ricky Weaver there. So good to see you. Welcome. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, as you're coming in, uh, please make sure to share the podcast. I'm going to give you just a minute. We'll start with a brief word of prayer. Then we're going to get into the word of the Lord and going to ask that God would grant us just wisdom and revelation that we would hear from him in a mighty way and that his word would go forward. So again, do that work of the evangelist, share the podcast, uh, like the podcast, uh, reshare, share. And as you do, we're asking that God's grace and wisdom would go forward and that he would get glory in everything we're doing. So uh, please share the podcast. I'm trying to sign in to make sure we're seeing all of our, I can see the names popping up there. Brother Michael Basin, welcome. Sister Melissa Larson, welcome. We're grateful that you're joining us. Uh, we pray blessing over you and we're glad to be in the studio. Again, we have uh, the United States flag, but we're representing our nation. Wherever you're watching from, whether you're from uh, like Pastor South Africa, watching from UK, watching from the Netherlands, we welcome you in the name of, of the Lord. And we believe God wants to bless all nations. He said, through one seed, all nations would be blessed. And that seed is Christ. So every nation is valuable and must see a move of God. So good to see you, Laverne. Welcome to the podcast, Sister Lisa from, from Rialto. God bless you. I want to start with just a quick word of prayer. I'm going to start the word of the Lord and go from there. So, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your your presence. We invite your spirit onto this podcast. We pray that miracles and signs and wonders would accompany the teaching and preaching of your word. We ask you for an open heaven to be manifest today, that we would hear from you wisdom, revelation, and the counsel of the Lord. We pray that there would be uh, wisdom and truth that comes forward. Open up the eyes of our spirit. Let us see and hear the word of the Lord. I pray now that the glory of the Lord would abide with us and that we would hear from you in an awesome way. I know on our lips of clay to declare one word for your glory and your honor. Now I pray miracles, signs and wonders would accompany the teaching and preaching of your word and that you would get glory through this podcast. This we pray according to your word and according to your power. In Jesus name we pray and we say amen. 
Amen. So we're going to start with our our key verse for uh, this podcast. It's out of the book of uh, Romans, chapter eight, verse 31, 21, Romans eight twenty one. And uh, again, as you see, we're wearing our raising the altar shirts. This is a very important week. We have our semi annual local. Uh, RTA, the end of June and the end of December. So Pastor Vilma's here a couple days early. He was able to come in and fly. Apostle Phil Vermellon will be flying in this evening. Tonight is going to be an amazing night. Pastor Vilma, Apostle, uh, Apostle Phil will be teaching the word of the Lord at our Wednesday encounter. You don't want to miss that, but I want to welcome you to this podcast. Thank you for being with us. Sister Rose Bonet, so good to see you. I see Pastor Natasha Grove on all the way from South Africa. I'm sure uh, her her husband is glad to see her on. Uh, Sister Melissa, Sister uh, Yesir, welcome, welcome. But let's read this verse. It's from Romans 8.21. It says, because the creature itself shall be delivered from the, uh, from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. I repeat this over and over, and we're going to talk a little bit about the healing of nations and the unity of generations. But in order for there to be freedom, there must manifest glory. Glory is the only way for this nation for South Africa, for UK. The glory of the Lord is the only answer for freedom in our generations. The Bible says that the glory of the Lord, the glorious freedom will come through the sons and daughters of God. So there is a development process. I talked to this and I mentioned this over and over. What can we do? The earth is shaking. Uh, The tribulation in certain areas are happening. Famines and pestilence and earthquakes are arising. What do we do? We let the Lord finish the good work he started in us. All of creation is groaning and travailing for the manifestation of the sons of God. Everything around us needs sons and daughters that are fully developed so we can get the keys of the kingdom and bring glorious liberty and deliver creation, the earth, the nations, the generations from the bondage of corruption. Remember, bondage is slavery. Corruption is not only perversion, it is perverted power perverted authority, perverted leadership. When there are men and women in any kind of authority that do not know God, do not have the heart and nature of God, they move in corruption, which produces slavery in the people. And this is what we found in South Africa. We find it in America. We find it in the UK. People in authority that do not know and fear God, and they use their authority for themselves instead of, instead of the good of the people. And all of the earth is longing for freedom. We're going to talk about very quickly 1 Kings 18.30. They're going to put that up, 1 Kings 18.30. How can we see glory and how can we see freedom except we raise an altar that will change our generation? Again, the context of, again, Pastor, of 1 Kings 18.30 is that Elijah is now commanded by God to repair the altar of the Lord. The nation is in a backslidden is in a backslidden state. The 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 altars of Jehovah have been torn down. Jezebel is running rapid, leading the nation. The prophets of Baal are out of order. The nation has turned from the Lord. There's been no rain for three years, and God commands a man of God to raise up an altar to heal a nation, and that is the premise of what we're building. Here is what the Scripture says: And Elijah said to all the people, "Come near." And the people actually drew near. So Elijah calls the people to proximity. And I heard Apostle say this, Pastor uh, Pastor Wilmer, uh, uh, that uh, the difference between a circumcision knife and a javelin is proximity sometimes. 
because uh, the circumcision knife, it, it, it requires closeness and it's to cut away the flesh. The knife of circumcision is to circumcise the sons and daughters of the next generation. But when there's too much distance between sons and daughters, uh, this generation and the generation to come, it feels like a javelin. It feels like something launched from a distance. I want to tell you, God wants sons and daughters to come close to fathers and mothers. He wants generations to merge. He says, Elijah called the people close and he, he healed the altar of the Lord. This word repair is the is the Hebrew word rafa. So he began to heal this altar. And I'm going to pass it to, uh, to pastor. We're going to go back and forth on this concept. I heard loudly in this morning in prayer and while I was in my office pastor uh, as we were getting ready for the podcast god wants to heal the hearts of the people god wants to heal us from our trauma god wants to heal us from our brokenness god wants to heal us from our past uh, church experiences that wounded us in the previous generation in the previous season we were wounded by other pastors other leaders other members other relationship but i want to encourage you listening under the holy spirit God wants to heal the hearts of his people. I'm going to give you one more verse before I pass it to pastor. I heard this scripture, Ezekiel 11, 19, Ezekiel 11, verse 19. Here's what the Lord says. And I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit within you. And I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and give them a heart, a, a stony heart out of their flesh and give them a heart of tender flesh. And God says, I want us to have one heart. One mind, one accord, uh, one as speaking to pastor, he's going to share on this. God wants to merge generations. He wants the young and the old to come together. He wants us to rise up as sons and daughters and pass a legacy to the generation to come. Go ahead, pastor. Amen. Thank you. I, I agree. And just, just uh, that what you mentioned about the earth crying out and there was a shaking. Yeah. We had about three weeks ago in, in South Africa, we had an earthquake mm. and uh, it lasted about 30 seconds. And, wow. And I was sleeping in the house and I woke up by this trembling and the shaking. I felt the whole, the, the whole bed. Uh, it was over a weekend. It was a Saturday night and, and we've got our boys staying with us. Uh, they, they brought their beds and that night and, and the one jumped up and said, what's happening? His whole bed is shaking. So wow. we felt that trembling. So, uh, and, and South Africa is not known for, for actually earthquakes right. and those, those wow. sort of stuff happening. So wow. we felt it and I believe, yes, that the earth is crying out and, and God's trying to get our attention. And, Come on, and Pastor. we should ask God, what is it that He wants in the season? Because He's speaking and we need to, to hear. Um, in terms of the gathering together, I believe that, that God wants to speak. In, in, in terms of raising the altar, I also believe that, yes, God wants to bring a lot of healing. Come on. And, and last week we had Father's Day. Mm-hmm. And I just realized again the role of a father and, and, and what importance it plays in family and God as a father. But but that, that there's something of the generations mm-hmm. that God wants to do mm-hmm. because we stand up and God wants to connect the generations. Come that, on, Pastor. And this altar that we build, it's not just for one season or one term or for, for, for one group of people or for one lineage, but it's it's actually for the generations. That's right, Pastor. That would come before us. Jesus comes or, or God comes in Exodus 19 when he, he called the people as his own out of Egypt. He says in uh, Exodus 19 verse 5 and 6, he says, Now therefore... If you indeed obey my voice mm-hmm. and keep my commandment, you shall be my treasured possession Come on. among all the nations of the peoples. For all the earth is mine, mm. and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And these are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. Mm. And I believe this, mm-hmm. the kingdom of priests, again, that God's calling us to a function. And, and, and that part of, of being the priest in the house, being the king in the house that, mm-hmm. that I have, because... 
if we look at the the building the altar raising an altar speaking about different altars we're speaking yeah. about the, the 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 altar the corporate altar that we build as a church but there's a family altar there's the personal altar yeah. and i believe that that there's a family altar focus in the season as well that god wants to restore something come on Pastor. in the houses mm. and that king priest function that we have to come and bring healing mm-hmm. to the hearts to connect mm-hmm. the generations again i'll share a bit later but but jesus gives us an example of the father and something is generational so i know that that god wants to speak about healing our hearts getting the hearts of the fathers back to the sons and the, the sons hearts back to the father Amen. and connecting that because the generational blessing flows through the generations and it's for me important that in this season we restore that thing we bring the healing to the hearts of people so that that blessing can flow we can see the goodness in the land. Amen. Powerful, Pastor. I agree 100%. Uh, again, welcome, Sister Nina Campos. I see Pastor Lorraine Canones. So good to see you, Sister Margaret. Um, let me encourage those listening. According to Malachi chapter 4, we're going to go there, I believe. It's right about the last verse, Malachi chapter 4. I'm going to pull that up. It speaks to Malachi chapter 4, 5 and 6 tells us. Malachi chapter 4, so bold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. One of the jobs of the spirit of Elijah that comes is to, verse uh, number 6, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children back to the fathers. And what I found in looking back in generations, usually uh, the hearts of children, small children, are toward the fathers until they reach a certain age. Um, They have what's called teenage years. And while they're young, the kids, when they're, I have a, I have a uh, 18-month-old daughter named Zoe. I have a three-year-old uh, three daughter named Nora. Then I have a 13-year-old named Joy. I have a 14-year-old named Grace. Then I have a 20-year-old named Nathan Jr. And um, all of my children love me, but uh, the small children greet you like a hero when you get home. You know, when they're teenagers, they're like, hey, how you doing, Dad? Good to see you home. When they're small... Their face lights up. They sell. They dad. They celebrate you. They run and hug you, and they celebrate you because to them, they're you're their hero, and they their heart is toward you when they're young. Now there can be a season of growth when we don't respect and we guard and invest that time into those children to where they grow to young adults. Then they don't want to hear our voice. They no longer want our attention. Now we're chasing them, and they're too busy on the phone, on the internet. With their friends and now we're chasing those who were chasing us but i believe there was a season and and what's happening in generations of pastor is that the timing of fathers and the timing of sons has been off when the children wanted the fathers the fathers weren't ready and when the fathers were ready for the children the youth were no longer uh, available and their heart had gotten hardened i believe god is turning uh younger fathers and mothers in the kingdom into maturity so they value the relationship with those children so that they grow and they still hear their voice i believe that god doesn't want us to ever lose that influence and one of the things the lord told me i heard a preaching from dr miles monroe he said whatever you don't manage properly you lose and if we don't manage the influence season there are seasons of influence and i'm saying this very importantly there's a generational connection that god wants to bring not a disconnection to where uh, we can't relate to our children we can't commune with our children children and a, a pastor mentioned there are three types of altars that are primary when we're building altars to the Lord what is an altar it's a place of sacrifice it's a place of slaughter it's a place of, of laying one's life down and encountering God and altars are for 
uh, number one, private altars. Number two, uh, family altars. Number three, corporate altars. You see this in the Bible. You have a private meeting place with me and the Lord. And that's my most, I believe, my most important altar. That I meet with God. I get filled up. I, I die to self. I become the new man. And the old man dies and the new man becomes. The second altar is our family altar. Now, this is difficult, Pastor. The place where we build our family to meet with God in our home, our family altar. The third is our corporate altar, where we meet together corporately to shape the nation, to shape the region. Now, pastor said he felt a strong leading and an urge to talk about the family altar because why? Families are under attack. It's not about equal rights. It's not about who can marry who. It's about the dismantling of the family unit. God made male and female. God is male in that he is father. God is leader. He is protector, but he is also gentle. He's called the many-breasted one. He's also tender and, and loving and gentle. So there's parts of God. God is male and female. I know that sounds crazy to religious people, but he's tender and gentle, but he's also masculine and strong and male. And so these roles have been confused in parents. So the children get confused. And now I believe, as you mentioned, Pastor, God wants generations to come together. And one thing altars do, there are places that we build together for God to meet with us and transform our family. So as you mentioned earlier, the generations to come won't have to deal with the same battles we're going through. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Because of that, because uh, just on the father's voice, uh, about a week ago, my boys playing sport is it's it's the season for cricket, mm -hmm. and they're playing. And uh, I had to take his gear for him, and um, I was looking I was looking for him. So when I got there, one of his friends' moms was standing outside the the, 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 the public toilets where they where they can change, mm. and they said, "No, she's most likely they're all in there busy changing." So um, I just you know put my head into the door and I said, "Hello, Vant." That's the eldest boy's name, and he immediately responded and he says. Hello, Daddy. Yeah. And I hear the friends like, how do you know it's your dad? Because he couldn't see me. He says, I know his voice. Yeah, you go. You see, but he only knows my voice because we're spending time together, yeah. because we're building that relationship. Mm -hmm. And um, I've got influence because I can speak into Amen. his life, but he recognizes. And, and as we spend time in God's presence, we recognize his voice. But there's something because it says that, that fathers, we are anointed as the spiritual leaders of our house. That's right. To That's lead right. our families, to build mm -hmm. into our families. And, and we're the prophet, the priest, and the king. Mm -hmm. But I believe that as we build the altars, that there's something about the generations that we connect. God says, honor your father, honor your mother. Come on. And then That's you right. will have a long life. There's a blessing. And you speak about the, the, the cutting of the heart and, and something. Altar is a place of sacrifice. Come on, Pastor. And it's not yeah. easy because it's going to cost. Because sometimes if we, we have to lay down. We have to kill the flesh. We have to, mm -hmm. to lay down our old lifestyles. We, we have to lay down our old patterns. I think uh, one of the things that I had to lay down in my life was the excuse that I used that, but because of my father, yeah. I didn't have this, so yeah. I couldn't see this, so I couldn't, I don't have the ability. Mm. And I realized the, the impact that it has of the generations, that, that, that the example that we receive from our fathers, That's it's right. important, but, but God brought healing, and we're speaking about healing that takes place at the altar. Mm. When God called Abram, covenant with him he says leave everything behind you leave your father behind come on leave your come family on. behind come on come on follow me because i want to cut covenant with you come and on. i realized that that you know my father was a good father he did many great things but in in a sense i felt a certain lack sometimes of why can i not do this why can i not mm -hmm. you know achieve this why if even i'm told hey i love you all these it's just something that's blocking me and it feels like i can't go forward in life mm. 
and it was a mindset that I struggled with and I yeah. realized that that um, remember Abraham when God called him he was a pagan worshiper sun worshiper and God says I want to call you I'll cut covenant with you I'll be your God I will I'll be the one that, that cuts covenant if I bless you you know That's the right. nations of the earth shall be blessed through you and, Come on. and we know today that we are all the seed of Abraham that we be mm -hmm. we, we are part of that but one thing that God showed me as a father is that that Abraham was fathered by God that's right because he, he his clan was his protection that's his right clan, his family it was his livelihood everything that he had he had to desert and leave behind and I know many times people say uh, especially in South Africa where we have the different cultures as well and and the tribes and the people coming together one of the challenges is that um, you know they say we start serving Christ mm. and now we need to leave our families behind because they still want us to take part in rituals they still want yeah. us to take part in sacrifices all these things and and that battle that they have but but Abraham had to leave his father's house cleave to God come on and then said hey I'll be fathered by God a cunning covenant because he wanted to take him out of an old system that's right and put him into a new system we know today that, that that's a system that God wants us in to build the altar Amen. And and then the family, she says, then the family line, the generations shall be blessed. So there you go. So Van, knowing my voice, starts knowing because we build relationships. So there's a building together, and and now he can start pouring into others because of that. What I pour into him. Amen. Something that blessed me is is um, in the book of John 15, where Jesus says that as the Father has loved me. I have loved you. Amen. Continue in my love. There's, there's the connection. He received something from the Father. He says, something has been poured into mm -hmm. me. And now I've poured into you as my disciples. Yeah. But now I command you, go and continue in my love. So mm -hmm. pour into the next generation again. Mm -hmm. Healing flows when we connect the generations. That's right. So because of my Father, in a sense that I had a break in the generation, there's certain things I didn't receive, I was broken. That's right. And I was full of pain and I had a certain mindset, but God had to exactly that word heal me. Touch my mind, touch my heart, change my thinking, show me that is a father that loves me. And that enabled me to start giving Amen. to the next generation. So it's so important that we receive that healing, come to the altar, but sometimes it's going to cost us. That's right. Laying down, dying, bringing that sacrifice mm -hmm. of not my way, God's way. But then we start seeing the healing taking Amen. place and, and there's a, that, that break. There's actually a curse. That break causes a curse to operate. But but when the healing takes place, the blessing starts. Amen. Amen. Well, the scripture tells, I agree 100%, Pastor, that a child left alone will bring shame to their parents. So one thing that our generation, especially in the Western, I don't know about in, in South Africa, but in America, we were taught to earn money, uh, provide for your kids, which is correct, but give them a better life. And we get so busy trying to give them a better life, we give them things and we don't give them us. We give them, we give them, give them the money, give them the education, give them the cars, but we're too busy to give them us. And the kids, my kids don't want things. They want us. They want, uh, they want us to be with them, to be close. And a child left alone brings shame. Here is what you mentioned earlier. Uh, Psalms, I was looking it up. Psalms 68 verse 5. It says that God is a father to the fatherless and a judge to the widows. God is holy. God in his holy habitation. One thing God does. Some of us had great fathers. Some of us didn't have any fathers. And we say, well, how can we give to others what was never given to us? And how can we pour out if we're empty? 
And you mentioned it, the love that Jesus is giving to us. He says, continue in that love. I remember praying about the 1 Corinthians 13 scripture and uh, looking at that scripture and saying that love is so different from my love. I love, if you love me, I love you. If you're good to me, I'm good to you. You honor me, I honor you. If you're mean to me, I'll be mean back. If you punch me, I'll punch you twice. You take my tooth, I'll take your, all your teeth. Two eyes for one eye. That's my, my flesh. But the Spirit says, love those who curse you. Pray for those who... And I said, Lord, this is so far from my love. He said, son, in order to, to give that love, you first must receive it. Amen. This, is a, this is how I feel about you. Patient, kind, gentle love. And when you receive that love, then you can actually give it to other people. But if you don't receive it first, you can't give it. I'm a father to the fatherless, a judge to the widows. And verse six says, uh, verse six says, he sets the solitary in a family. Amen. God will bring, once you come into the kingdom, he'll begin to set you in a family. Now, this is difficult. If we were dysfunctional in our home family, sometimes we become dysfunctional in our church family. See, churches have parents or authority, pastors, people over us. And people, if you've never had anybody over you, it's weird to have anybody. I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. I'm not going to have anybody tell me anything because I'm used to when, when you were a child, you wanted to be guided. But when you were rejected, I'll do it myself. I'll make my, I'll provide for myself. So now there grows in this hard heartedness. There are also siblings, which are peers people on the same sphere and, and if you had no peers or a problems with your your people around you then you create havoc among the brethren in the church because you had havoc at home with your brothers and sisters there's those under us like uh, under our authority people under authority and then we can mistreat people in our departments mistreat people who are over and god wants to give us a uh, the bible says a solitary in a family and bring those out which are bound with chains but the rebellious dwell in a in a dry land. I'm going to read this again. God will set. He will pick a. I know that there are certain people that didn't have fathers, didn't have relationships. And God set them in my family and in the kingdom family. And they chose to unset themselves. And they're going the long way. They're going to get there, but they're going the long way because they were hurt, because they were fatherless. And now they unpluck themselves and they're going a long way around the journey. And the Bible says, a, the Bible says God sets a solitary in a family. He brings out those that are bound with chains. So scripturally, chains are, are broken when we are set into family, family, into kingdom unity, into yes. agreement together. But here's the problem. The chains don't want us to unify because we get offended. Yeah. The pastor offended me. The brethren offended me. The people at the church offended me. Now offense comes and then our heart grows hard. Yeah. And now the Bible says, but the rebellious will remain in an unfruitful land. They'll never bear fruit. They'll never multiply. They'll never advance. God's trying to set them in a family, but I'm hurt. My father rejected me. My mother, my father walked out of me. My mother was abusive verbally to me. I never knew a family and I'm used to being alone. So I'm afraid of connecting with a family. And the Bible says these chains can only be broken when we come into family and then we will no longer dwell in a dry land, meaning there's no fruit anywhere there's never any we're working we're, I, I don't know if you've ever felt this we're working working and never bearing fruit we're sowing sowing and never getting a harvest we're investing and never seeing and the bible tells us that one of the solutions to this is family it's true we've got a saying that we say always we say healthy things grow mm. healthy things grow come on and, and 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 when you read that scripture now i just hit my spirit yeah the rebellious dwell in a dry land and there's a lot of people in wilderness and nothing happens be. in our lives 
and 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 we we used to we love to throw a pity party. Yeah. We love to 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 Help feel us. sorry for ourselves. But I believe that God wants to break this yoke. He does break this this bondage because, um, you know, being in that dry land, we mm-hmm. in wildernesses. But the thing about the altar and the family is that. If I belong to a family, there's certain battles that I don't have to fight. Come on, because I belong to the to the family. My father has fought battles. My mm-hmm. mom has mm-hmm. fought battles. My my, mm-hmm. my lineage, my my lines before me has done certain things, and now I'm starting to benefit from those battles and those victories. That's right. I just think that that the Bible speaks of of David, and it says that David didn't just live for his own generation, but he lived for the generation to come There as you well. Go. Mm-hmm. And that we start having that heart of God where. Where we Come on. we have the love and 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 what you spoke about the love I cannot Come on. I cannot give that what I do Come not on. have but that we can live for the generation to come as well not just for my generation. Come on. Come and, on. And when you said that rebellion as we as we we break away, you see, we are not whole. We're not complete. So mm. I have to struggle. I have to find my own way. I have to try to to break open. But when I belong to that family, when it's a healthy structure bear the fruit and I benefit from that. I'm not just bearing good fruit, but this the Father is glorified that we bear much fruit. So it's not just the good fruit that comes and, and the benefit of the fruit, but it's also that I don't have to fight certain battles sure. because of the the, the, the lines that's the that is the, the legacy. Lineage. Yeah the legacy yes, sir. that comes. So just the more important that we belong to structure, that we belong to this family that that the certain things that, that I struggle with when I come into a family that's whole and yeah. I get that blessing. Amen. I get that victory. I can appropriate their way, way, way. I can appropriate that victory to my life and say, hey, because mm. of my father that has gone before me and received the victory, I can appropriate that to me and I can get the benefit Amen. of that victory. Amen. So I believe that's why God, speaking family language, why, where God wants to connect the families is so that we can receive the benefit. That's There's certain right. things we don't have to fight and do because of what God just wants to give us. That's why it says... This is my commandment again in John 15. Yeah. To love the way as I Come have on. loved you. Not our own way. Mm-hmm. He has modeled mm-hmm. something. Come son on. of God, Son means example of. Come on. And so Jesus, Son of God, Jesus is an example of the Father. That's why he says, As the Father has loved me, I have loved you. But now he commands us. And he says, mm. Love one another as I have loved you. That's in other right. words, I have to endure others with the same proportion as God has maybe endured or had patience with me. I had to love as well. But then he gives us that capacity to love in the same way. That's right. Again, the benefit. I don't have to break the ground myself. That's I right. I can receive something. So it's just so much more that God wants to do in that family structure. I, I receive it a thousand. There are certain battles f- sons and grandchildren don't have to face. Exactly. When I overcome, there's certain there's certain battles my children will never have to face. And, and because of my father's obedience, there's certain things I never have to face. And we can pass that legacy. While some would say, uh, I, was, I was not born into the kingdom. I'm a first-generation believer. My father was a sinner. My mother was, was, was a backslider. And they never knew God. I'm the first one to ever serve the Lord. And the Bible speaks of a prophet. He was, the Bible says he was neither a prophet nor the son of a prophet. But he was in his father's field uh, tending sheep. And the Lord snatched him and he pulled him into a legacy. And when we come into the kingdom, we're coming into a legacy. And there's a generational blessing that was on Abraham, that God on Isaac, that God on Isaac, that God on Jacob. And he said, I'll go from generation to generation. And there's inheritance that comes from generational positioning. And what I'm seeing is there are certain, there's a generation that is, is moving out of 
I'll say this carefully. They're moving out of a desire to see God fulfill their will, but they're not meant, there's certain wells I'm not meant to dig. I'm meant to dig the well, redig the wells of my fathers. So I can try and go and establish 50 years to get somewhere I should have gotten five years by humbling and submitting myself with the right heart. If I honor what was before me, I can suppress, and uh, the, the scripture speaks of a good man leaving an inheritance, inheritance to his children's, children's children. Then he says, then the wealth of the wicked is transferred to the righteous. So how do I acquire through legacy? Through sonship, you mentioned something about David. Uh, Acts 13, 36 tells us, the book of Acts chapter 13, verse 36, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. And this is the heart of men and women who are after God's heart. The Bible says that for David, after he served his generation well, fell asleep. So what was the heart of David? To serve his generation yes. and the generation to come well to see things from a big picture. And this is difficult, Pastor. I'll make this, sometimes we see just us, just what we have, just where I'm at. And we don't see like Abraham. Abraham was blessed, he was prosperous. He said, but what good is everything I have seeing that I don't have an heir? All, everything I have is going to Eleazar of Damascus. I don't have the next generation to carry the mantle on. And one of the sad things about Elijah, Pastor, uh, or Elisha, Eli, we know Elisha caught the mantle from Elijah. He served at least seven to ten years serving and ministering. And he tied himself to Elijah. He said, where you go, I go. I'm not leaving you. I'm not disconnecting you. And Elijah three times said, go, stay. I'm going here. He said, no, as the Lord God lives, where you go, I go. Where you go, I go. Where you go, Ruth and Naomi. Where you go, your people are my people. I'm not leaving you because I understand the law and the principle of my assignment. And so Elijah caught the mantle. Uh, Elisha caught the mantle, but we do not know where Elijah passed it to. All we know is Elisha dies and Elijah is in the cave. And the Bible says his bones are in the cave and there are soldiers and they're running from the enemy. And one of them dies and they throw the, the body of the soldier into the cave. And the Bible says the bones of Elisha touch the soldier and he gets up. I said, wow, that's beautiful. And I, and I asked the Lord, what does that mean? He said, Elisha took the anointing to the grave. The anointing shouldn't go to the grave. Then it should pass from generation to generation. I shouldn't take my gifts with me. I have to find some uh, generation to pass it to. Uh, John 14, 17, one more verse and I'll pass it back. The Bible says the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and he shall be in you. Verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. The, the word comfortness is the Greek word orphanos, where we get the word orphans. I will come to you and remain with you. I will not leave you fatherless. And so what God is doing, number one, he is our father, number one, but he raises up surrogate fathers like the Joseph. Yes. Jesus was not fatherless. We know that the Holy Spirit impregnated Mary and what was born of Mary was holy, that Joseph didn't lie with her until after Jesus was born. So it was purely of God, but God needed a man to be a surrogate father to Jesus. And that man was a good man named Joseph. Joseph stood in as a stepfather. Yeah. 
to pass character, integrity, righteousness onto Jesus. And did Jesus need to see that example? Yes. Jesus needed to learn from that example? Yes. And that's the beauty of what God is raising up men and women to be fathers and mothers and help them go further than they can go. The job of a real real man of God like David is not to take from the individual, not to, not to rob the people, but to give them grace, to take what I have to pass it to them so that they can go further than I can go because I want to be transgender. If I want to be like Joshua and Caleb, Joshua and Caleb were the only two of the old generation that went in. Everyone else died, including Moses and Joshua and Caleb led the next generation because they were of a different spirit. That's, that's a true. And, and what you said for by the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because mm-hmm. it seeth not, neither knoweth him. That's right. There's a, there's a, um, where it says that the Spirit of God makes us to cry of our Father. There you go. But the Passion Translation says mm-hmm. it beautifully for me. And that's one of the works of the Spirit. He says that, that the Holy Spirit makes His Fatherhood real to us. Um. So that by that Spirit we can cry, I am His beloved. There you go. And I, and I, and I just enjoyed so much that the Holy Spirit comes and empowers us. That you know, even if we didn't have that example, it's just say, yeah. "I'm first in the kingdom line." That that God's Spirit does something in That's us, right. and God's Spirit works in us to make that fatherhood real to us, to That's right. to bring them that connection, mm-hmm. the, the blessing to mm-hmm. flow through us. You see, you said, "What good is it if I just lived for my own generation?" That David served his purpose, not just for this, but for the next generation. Come on, that that I love it where it says that. When David realized that he could not build the, the temple, his yeah. whole heart and his desire was to mm-hmm. build the temple. And God says, no, you're a man no. of bloodshed. Mm-mm. I'm not um, Solomon, the man of peace will build the temple. That he didn't get so upset or, you know, throw a tantrum. Yeah. But that he says that David did everything in his might mm. to gather all the materials, all the gold, all the silver to set him up so that he could not fail. There you go. And Come sometimes we, we have this lack of this mentality, you know, that... What's just in it for me? Come on, come on. Where, you know, makes me think of, I think it was Hezekiah, where he says that, you know, when God extended his years, he was mm. a good king, but when God extended his years, then he started to become evil. And when, when he was addressed, he says, hey, it's not going to be on me. It's going to be on the next generation. I'm not going to stand in for that. Come on. And, you know, not to have that heart, but to have the, the attitude in the heart of David, where he says that he lived not just for this, but to set up the next generation mm-hmm. so that they could not fail. Um, because that, that, and I believe this is something that God wants to activate in us. And, come on. And activate in, in the men and the women of God is that, that it's going to come at a cost, but that you start seeing generationally. Come on. That you start seeing further than, that you will not just live for this generation, but that you will see further for God's purpose, that you will serve God's purpose, that you are called, that it's not just for you to just do your daily thing and to live in this family, but there's a greater calling, there's a higher calling, there's a purpose to for the next generation as well and that you will do that's why an altar is a sacrifice it's going to cost us yeah but it's not Mm -hmm. i pay a price it's costing me so that what's in it for me what's the Mm -hmm. benefit no but that we will come to live in a place that can i set up the next generation so that i could not fail amen i continually pray and i say oh lord that the things that i struggled with the things that was my downfall the things that i had to face Please, I don't want my boys to face that. Yeah. I want to set them and say, hey, don't go there. Don't do this. Don't, so that they can enable to, to live from a higher calling, to live from a, a different platform. That's right. We're raising that platform. So, and, and I believe there's people here that, as you said, you know, I may be first in the kingdom that, hey, God wants to expand your mind. God wants to shift. The Bible says we've got the mind of Christ that we can start thinking new. 
You see, one of the things that God dealt with me mm -hmm. with Abram is um, he was fathered by God, but he had his father, but he had the wrong example because the example said was the pagan worship and all these other things. It, yeah. was, it was an example, but not the right one. Mm -hmm. And that, that God said, I'm cutting you to a new covenant. So I'll show you the new example. I'll show yeah. you the new pattern. You see, and that we can learn, even if we were orphans, Holy Spirit comes and he makes his father real. Yeah. That yes, we were an orphan, but now his father becomes real and alive to us. And we can be trained. So in essence, there's no excuse. That's right. We don't have an excuse. We can be fathered. We have the spirit. He will remind of us things. He will teach us all things. Mm. And, and that we, we can learn. But this thing, not to just live for our own benefit. That's but right. to live for the generations to come as well. That we have an assignment to do. We have an assignment to complete. It's not just for our own benefit. But it's like bearing good fruit. Why do we bear good fruit? We don't yeah. eat our own fruit. That's right. The fruit is to enjoy by others. And, and so that they can pluck this fruit and enjoy the benefit Amen. of that fruit. I, I agree 100%, Pastor. That generation to come must be impacted. And we must live with a mindset on the generation to come so we can be partakers of the generation after us. Amen. Um, God needs fathers. Here's what uh, was prophesied of John the Baptist that would operate in the spirit and power of Elijah. So before the glory ever manifests, God sends the, the spirit of Elijah. This is a principle. First, uh, uh, Luke 1, 17 says that John the Baptist, this is the angel of the Lord speaking to the father, uh, Zacharias of John the Baptist, and says he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. So there must be a priority, and this yes. is difficult if our fathers never and mothers never have their heart toward us, it's very difficult to turn our hearts toward our children, meaning to invest in them the way that all of our energy should be building. I remember God giving me a vision that uh, my children were like, were like plants and I was growing the next generation and I saw plants and, and I saw like flowers and I saw and the faces of my children on these flowers and I was in charge of the garden growing my children it was my responsibility to feed them and to speak to them to invest in them and the challenges that I had was because the generation had challenges before me and I had to overcome everything comes to the overcomer he said I'm gonna I'm gonna send the spirit and power of Elijah so the word spirit is the word pneuma the word power is the Greek word dunamis, which is ability. I'm sending the, the breath and the ability to now turn hearts, to soften hardened hearts and make hardened hearts tender again. That's what altars should do. It should take a hard heart that was broken and wounded. And the Bible speaks of this in um, Matthew 24, 12. The Bible says Matthew 24 verse 12 tells us that because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. So now the heart that is tender becomes very cold and very hard because of the darkness around us and all of the brokenness. First uh, Timothy 4, verse 1 and 2, Paul writes to uh, Timothy of the signs of the end. And you mentioned this, and I've said this multiple times on this platform. You can go back. There will be earthquakes in places there's not normally earthquakes. This is what earthquakes in diverse places means. There will be wars, rumors of war. So wars, we know wars are, are happening now in Ukraine, in the Middle East. The rumors of war is the fear and terror of war. It's a spirit of, of terror. Earthquakes in places that are not normally earthquakes, like South Africa. Now, if I was to say there was an earthquake in California, no big deal. 
We have earthquakes all the time. We're on a fault. But the Lord said there will be earthquakes in places that are not normally earthquakes. But Timothy tells us, uh, 1 Timothy 4 verse 1, it says that the Spirit will exp speaks expressly, meaning this is a clear word that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Verse 2, in the last day this will take place, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. So now that tender heart, that soft heart gets cold and then it gets hard and then it gets cold and then it gets hard. Then it gets cold. Now the man and woman that God sent you to lead you and to guide you and to help you, you become very suspicious of. If God assigns you to, to Pastor Vilmer and, and he's your leader and he's the one that's going to gonna help birth you further into the kingdom of God because you get offended. Now the, I was a pastor's biggest disciple, the biggest, uh, and now, and now I'm suspicious. And now I look at him from an offended heart. And now there's a distance that takes place because of now it may not, it may have been a mistake I made, may have been pastor made, may have been a mistake you made, whatever, whatever the issue is, the purpose is to take that individual further. But when the heart gets cold and the conscience gets seared, you can't hear anymore. Well, I, I hear it over and over. Well, I heard this and I felt this. I'm feeling this and I'm feeling that. Once your heart is seared and once your conscience, it, once your, your, your heart begins to wax cold because of offense, it's hard to discern the word of the Lord. I'm trying to discern, but I'm now offended. And what was God's word one year ago is no longer God's word. What was confirmed five years ago is no longer God's word. So the Bible says, I, here's the answer. What's the answer? God wants to hear. Go back to, to Luke 1, 17. He says, God will send the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. So now that there's healing in the hearts and there's restoration of these relationships because these relationships are about purpose greater and then the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. So now this rebellious spirit that rises out of hurt, out of offense, and it's not because people are not good, they're wounded, it's turned to supernatural wisdom a supernatural knowledge, and now the people are ready for the move of God. Before the move of God will come, God has to deal with this offense. 1 Kings 18.30 says, Elijah called the people near. He called all the people near, and the people came near. Come near, draw close. I know, pastor, you may have been hurt. You may have been wounded. Pastor, apostle, teacher, you may have been hurt and frustrated, and you may say, I'm not going to let anybody close to me again. They wounded me. They betrayed me. They talked about me. They promised they would never leave me and they left you. They promised they would always be there and they talked about you like a dog. Love them, forgive them, and let the right people near you again. You cannot keep people away from you because as long as you keep them at a distance, you'll never be able to heal them and God will never be able to heal you. Number two, if you were wounded, if you were broken, if you were hurt, you got to forgive and draw back to the person God assigned you to. There are not many ways into the kingdom. There's one way. When God sends you a man or woman, that's the door that God's going to use you. The kingdom is different. I was talking with Pastor about this yesterday at, at dinner. The kingdom is different than the church structure. The kingdom requires so much. The church will take anything. Anybody can join whenever they want. They can come and go whenever they want. They can give whenever they want. They can serve how they want to. They can act however they want to. That's the church. We'll take it. We were talking uh, even before we brought that up that the average uh, member comes every six weeks. Once in every six weeks. Once yeah. a, they, they did the statistics and that's, that's, that's tough to see your member once every month, maybe. 
You come and go and hey, I know we're busy, but that's the commitment of what we call church. The kingdom is different than the, than the church commitment. The kingdom has a, a requisite. The kingdom has a demand. The kingdom has a cost. In order to be a part of the kingdom, there's a great, great cost, but that maybe that's not for everybody. But I want to encourage you listening. God loves you. God shows you. I see you, uh, uh, Prophetess Jackie Pyra, so good to see you. Uh, Ada M. Richardson, so good to see you. Javier, good to see you. But Prophetess, all the way from South Africa, the Lord bless you and your husband, Apostle, Apostle Howard. Uh, we believe that God wants to bring access. Verse 17, he turns the hearts of the fathers back to the children. And the Bible says the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. I'll read Malachi 4, 6. I'll turn it back over to pastor. We're going to get ready to pray. Here's what Malachi 4, 6 says. As the hearts of the fathers return to the children and the, ch the children back to the fathers, the curse that is in the ground begins to be reversed. I'm going to say that again. Bless you, Pastor Yadi. So good to see you all the way from Lancaster. Greetings to you and Pastor, Pastor Eddie. We can't wait to see you this weekend at RTA. Uh, God removes the curse on the ground the god never cursed man god cursed the ground when man when the first son turned from the first father when adam turned from the father god didn't curse man god cursed the ground so that man through the curse on the ground would turn back to god and the bible says when the hearts of the fathers turn to the children the hearts of the children back to the fathers the ground becomes like the garden of eden again it becomes kingdom soil. And now what was hard becomes easy. What was sweat becomes sweatless. What was impossible becomes possible because the kingdom comes and into the earth and the will is done when there's order between generations. Yes. Mm -hmm. Amen. I think uh, the scripture, there was one of the songs uh, that, that I listened to. Um, and in the season, there's, there's a phrase that, that the lady sings. She says, God, the territory of our hearts. Come on. And I mean, the, you know, the word says that, you know, guard your heart from there flows the issues of life. That's we, right. We need to guard our hearts and um, the heart, heart can be deceitful, deceitful and um, trick us. So, yes. So we need to be, be so sensitive in guarding our heart and allowing the Lord to, to keep our hearts soft. We, in, in ministry, when we were still in Bible school, they said, you know, if you want to, if you want to do the work of the Lord, you need to have the heart of a dove, but the skin of, of a crocodile. Yeah, you go. In yeah. other words, it's going to be tough because yeah. offense is coming. People saying stuff, you know, That's people right. going through through bad days. And, and, and sometimes we, we, with our mouths, we're harsh on people's, but but have that heart that, that's soft because we need to keep that heart soft. Come on. So it's important that we, we keep that place where we have the life that flows. And uh, Proverbs 3, 7 says, be not wise in your own eyes. Come Fear on, the Lord. Yeah. Turn away from evil, then it will be healing to your flesh mm. and refreshment to your bones. Come on. But now the word there, the fear of the Lord, the, the, I want to share a picture. The, the Hebrews got the picture of of a hand of man. It's, it's a hand and something flowing. But one of the things there, it speaks of flowing of water in a river. Come on. And I believe that the fear of the Lord is, is actually activating that there's a flow of water. Yes. There's a flow, there's a refreshing, there's mm. a restoring because... Whenever we say we tend to the heart to keep it soft, water is an element that can make something soaking, make it soft. Um, when we tend to a garden, water brings life. We need to water the garden so it can grow. So when I guard, uh, I keep on staying in the fear of the Lord. I'm not wise in my own eyes, mm. but I, I have that fear of the Lord. I keep on watering. And I, I sense just now that the Lord wants to come and release that flow again in many people. That's right. They would have allowed their hearts to harden they actually stopped it grew cold and they stopped the flow but God wants to restore that flow 
of the spirit flow of life Amen. and feed their hearts nurture them and they say it will be healing to your bones mm. so I just sense now God's going to come and, and release some healing over this podcast into many people's lives where they allowed things to look called disappointments uh, what people said relationships maybe that were broken or there was some, some conflict and um, you know God's going to come and restore that now and it's going to bring a flow so that the spirit can water so that they can come become fruitful vineyards again Amen. I, I agree a thousand percent, Pastor. You, verse seven of uh, Proverbs, you put that back up. It said, "Be not wise in our own eyes, but have the fear of the Lord." And that's so important. Not just for uh, look. I'm not just speaking to members. You're listening to me. You say, "Well, what about my pastor? What about my leader?" I believe leaders and and followers need this message. Yes. Leaders need to be healed. Leaders need to be teachable and trainable. Those following authority need. It's for both. And God, but here's the beauty. If God has assigned you to a leader, if you'll submit, the beauty of submission is God will deal with the authority if your heart is right. That's the power. A wife, if a wife submits to a husband in the fear of the Lord, I believe God will move heaven and earth to change the, the mind of that husband. If he's got to send a dream, if he's got to send an angel, if he's got to wake them up with, with, with nights and nightmares, whatever he's got to do, even in a church, God will deal with a, a pastor or a leader that's not open. But here's the here's the wisdom. Be not wise in our own eyes, but the fear of the Lord. As you mentioned, the fear of the Lord in your heart, it's a heart posture that when you get in God's presence, anything he says, you're willing to change your mind and give God to. It's a, it's a certain concept that when his presence arises, you're, whatever you say, God, I give you. Whatever you say, I believe. Whatever you tell me, it's called the reverence and awe of God. And immediately you begin to depart from our own ways, our own nature, our own ideas. From there, you lose your own wisdom, gain the fear of the Lord. You turn from the wicked ways of our own ways. Maybe how my parents did it or my grandparents. Now you move in the way of the Lord. Then verse number eight, the Bible tells you as pastor was teaching, then you have health to your neighbor. Where's your neighbor? In your belly. Where's the river? In your belly. The rivers of living water begin to flow. Where did you eat when you were in the womb of your mother? You ate through your belly button. That's where you were in that level of glory coming to this level. You can have rivers from here and now your marrow is where your bones give life and that's where your white cells come from and sickness and disease and perversion. So if unity and family and agreement produce health to your navel, and marrow to your bones, what does bitterness produce? The Bible says bitterness decays your bones. It destroys you. It kills your body. And we're not meant to die. We're meant to live. Pastor, fi final closing thoughts before we pray. I believe that God wants to restore family altars. Amen. And that we, we have an assignment that it's not just for this generation, but That's that right. God wants to align us. And even if it's going to cost us, yes, but the reward will be great because um, we live in eternity in any case. We, we may be here for a time, but we're eternal beings. That's right. And it's not for, it, 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 it's it's not lost the work that we do. That's right. And I think if I can say something for those, as we said, you know, coming into the kingdom, maybe now starting, that it's never too late to start. That's right. That we, we shouldn't use excuses, but that God as a father is there to, to help us. His spirit is there to lead us and to equip us that we need to belong to a family. Amen. Because in this structure, God brings health, He brings healing, He brings growth restoration so I want to encourage everyone to, to go and search your heart again like David said search my heart and see there you go that you go and search your heart and see and allow the Lord to bring healing to that heart to That's come right. back and to say Lord give me if, uh, repent if you were wrong you need to go and 
bring restitution or you need to, to go and restore things to do that and to go and restore and rebuild the relationships to connect to say lord let there be health in my heart so that we can see that healing you one of the things that the lord's been dealing with me is that out of our mouth sometimes we allow so many things and he says we cannot have fresh water and yeah. salt water mm-hmm. we cannot deliver from the same spring or well different That's right. things and that we need to start releasing that so what you say that it will be healing to our hearts it's never too late to start that we start building see and, and then we'll eat the produce of the land amen amen the good of well, the land. I, but we're, we're so grateful you're on I, I agree a thousand percent that this is a temporal place the earth the bible says that we put our eyes on the unseen which is eternal and we don't put our eyes on the scene which is temporary Hebrews tells us that in book of Romans says look not at what you see look at what you cannot see because what you can see is temporary what you cannot see is eternal and let me encourage you as pastor mentioned this is a temporal moment your 80 years your 100 years whatever time you have maybe 70 years compared to forever and forever and forever and forever and forever this is a place you can build treasure Jesus said you can store treasure in heaven that's where you want to build it. Doesn't mean you nothing wrong with having treasure here, but it's an ultimate and eternal goal. Put your affections on things above, not on the earthly. And if you'll do that and you'll give God what He asks, <coughs> He will bless, He will prosper, and He will increase. We're gonna pray with you. I'm gonna give Pastor just a minute to start. I'm gonna close the prayer and then we're gonna release the word of the Lord for you and just take a minute to lift you up and encourage you. Go ahead, Pastor. You can start the prayer. Father, we just come and we glorify you. Thank you, Lord, for this time together. Father, for, for everyone who's online on this podcast, for those who's going to watch afterwards, Father, that you, your spirit will work with them. Thank you, Father, that you're a good Father that leads us. Always your word says it's your goodness that leads us to repentance. But, Father, that the word of God will come and, and just minister to hearts and spirits. Father, that the hearts of the fathers, the children will be turned back to one another. That we'll see, Father, this miracle and this work of making things grow, making things healthy. Father, I pray that there will be a release of the of the river again, that there will be a release of the Spirit, that it will flow, Father, that it will come and break through. Father, I speak to hearts to become fruitful soil. Father, hearts that they will be ready, Father, to come and become to the fullness of that which you planned, that which you had in mind for each and every one. Father, the enemy will not kill and steal and destroy, but yes. Father, that the people will start seeing the way forward. Father, I speak that, that people will start just seeing, have a glimpse of light and direction. And Father, that as they come, as we spoke now, to start coming back to the fear of the Lord. Father, that, that, that people will come and take this serious to, to start building an altar. Family, personal, corporate, Father. And that they will see the benefits of that. Thank you, Lord, that we know that your word is yes and amen. Your promises are yes and amen. And you'll never leave nor forsake us. So in this, Father, that as we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. Lord, I just agree with every word Pastor prayed that generations would come together, that the fathers and sons, that the old generation and the young would merge. I pray that you would send unity. And according to the book of Ezekiel, make us one heart and one people. Lord, I ask you now in my heart and the heart of the leaders getting ready to rise up in this next generation, take our hearts of stone. And put tender hearts within us, a new spirit, so that we can examine our heart like David. And David said, search me, see what's in me. Take anything that's not pleasing to you out of me, so we can be a sweet-smelling sacrifice to you, O God. I pray over those listening under the sound of my voice, that they may have felt fatherless, they may have felt rejected. 
They may have felt like they're in a dry land. They may have felt those chains around them. I declare God is setting you in family. Yes. I decree that you are not alone and he will not leave you comfortless. That yes, the, the God of heaven is father to the fatherless, but he will also set you in a family. He will commission you in a family. He will tie you to a family. And as you discern that family, Lord, I pray those chains be broken. I pray that barren land be removed. I pray that generational blessing come upon your people as we build the kingdom of God. Not just a religious structure, not just a traditional structure, not just even a church structure, but a family, a kingdom family that healed generations. So I speak to those under the sound of my voice, those who will father, those who are sons, and every son will one day become a father. And every daughter will one day become a mother. And all of us under will one day be over. And I pray that we would understand this role. That what came before us is to help us. Not to destroy us. Not to take from us. But to be a blessing. And that our honor and that the order that you've ordained is for safety. It's for protection. It's for health. It's for favor. I decree you will not wander in that barren yes, land year after year after yes. year after year after year. You will be set in a family and chains will be broken generationally and you will bear fruit that remains and you will increase 30 60 and 100 fold you will go further than your father can go you will go further they will launch you as an arrow into the kingdom of god they will lay hands and they will commission you into identity and we will turn from the wrong voices we will turn from the wrong influences we will turn from the wrong places of influence and discern who god sent to our life and move from glory to glory i seal this now in jesus name we pray we say amen and amen and amen. Well, what a what a privilege it's been. Thank you, uh, Pastor Wilmer, for being Thank with us. Awesome. What a blessing to have you. It's going to be an amazing uh, blessing this weekend. Before we tune off from the uh, the YouTube platform, from the uh, Facebook Live platform, but also from our Charisma Podcast Network, we're praying that the grace of the Lord would cover you. That this was a blessing this time was a time of ministry that encouraged you. God is going to move all weekend. Again, we're wearing our Raising the Altar shirts this weekend, June 23rd, 24th, and 25th. They can put that up uh, before. Uh, that's this Friday, which is just two days away, Saturday and Sunday. Myself, Apostle Phil Vermellon, Apostle Kim Gaskin, Pastor Vilmer Grove, uh, Apostle Rocky Martinez. We're going to be Raising the Altar Friday night at 7 p.m., Saturday at 10 a.m., and, and Saturday evening at 6 p.m., concluding right here Sunday at, at 12 noon. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be awesome. We love you all. You are invited. If you are going to be a part of it, please go to This Rock, in, uh, this Rock uh, International. Org or This Rock International Ministries on Facebook. Register. It's completely free, but please save your seats. We've got multiple churches coming. We want to make sure you have a, a great a seat to be a part of what God is doing. Sister Violet Grove, Sister Violet Gutierrez, God bless you. Sister Karina, God bless you. Sister Rose, blessings to you. Ada, blessings. I see Sister Pastor Natasha, the Lord bless you. We're so grateful that you've uh, lent us your husband for the weekend. He's doing a great job representing. Tonight is going to be an amazing move. God bless you. Again, this is the senior pastor of This Rock International Ministries. We're so grateful you've been here with us on the uh, Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast, and we can't wait to see you this weekend. Amen. Thank you for listening to Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast with Apostle Nathaniel Leon. Stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, or by liking us on Facebook at This Rock International. 
Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.